Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. This week in Michigan football was more about rehashing the previous game against Michigan State than looking ahead to the next one at Rutgers. We discuss both, plus the initial playoff rankings and a basketball preview coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you both here Thursday afternoon, November 3rd. There's just a couple things we got to say before we get to Michigan athletics talk. The the first thing is, you know, we're recording this, as I said, Thursday afternoon, uh, because Aaron was traveling to New Jersey this morning. And, you know, because of that travel, we were going to record Wednesday night. This was discussed. uh, Aaron and I discussed this as early as Sunday, again on Monday. I think we mentioned it Tuesday. And even Wednesday, after we were at Schimbeckler Hall for availability, it Aaron was on board with this plan. We're about to get into our cars to leave. Ryan, you were there as well. And Aaron goes, oh, wait, I forgot. Today's my birthday. I'm going out to dinner. I can't (laughs) record tonight. And then he adds, adds, this is the most unnecessary statement of all time. He goes, I'm not a big birthday guy. And I was like, yeah, you think? You literally (laughs) forgot that it was your birthday. So, I, you know, Aaron, happy birthday again, a day late. uh, But, geez. What is it already? I mean, I, I, it's kind of partly Facebook's fault too, because it didn't tell me that it was Aaron's birthday until like you know, like two thirty after availability. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at least maybe if that happened earlier in the day, I would have we would have had a little bit of a heads up. We could have reminded him that it yes. was his birthday, but um, we did not have that luxury. It's funny too, because when I told you guys we were going out to dinner, we still didn't have a place picked out either. It was literally like a last second choice I ended up going with. So uh, yeah, nah, not a big birthday guy. Uh, I'm 33 now. So it's not exactly, you know, like, you know, elementary school where you uh, bring in the cupcakes for the whole class, you know? So yes, be doing that tomorrow for, for my daughter, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was right at a Frank the tank in, in old school. Um, and, but of course the second thing, the bigger, the bigger celebration really is that Ryan Zook is back. Ryan, welcome back to the Wolverine confidential podcast. Thank you so much. I, uh, I missed you guys and, uh, you guys did a great job while I was gone, but Happy to uh, be back. Happy to be feeling better. And um, yeah, I won't go too much into it. But yeah, I mean, kind of really started to feel kind of crappy in March, April and was kind of dealing with some things. And then it got pretty bad um, during uh, in early September, late September, where it's affecting how I worked and, and being able to type and sit in chairs and stuff. But luckily doing a lot better now and happy to be back and hoping to continue to provide some coverage with you guys through uh through the end of the year and and, and forward so um yeah thrilled absolutely thrilled to be back and, and doing doing what i love and and covering mission sports so absolutely i mean uh you know i was taking over those overheard posts i was overhearing things that you just you you weren't you wouldn't have so those those stories are going to be not as not as good but you know some some other things will be better i guess <laughs> But here we go. We got a three-man pod, which is what this is supposed to be. And the two of us, Aaron and I, covered you know the Michigan State aftermath on the last episode. But but since then, some things has ha- have happened. Let's just do a kind of a quick roundup before I get your thoughts on those things. Uh, eight Spartans have been suspended, which you know is more players suspended than uh, points scored for the Spartans uh, in that game against Michigan. Uh, Michigan is is not happy still. Um, probably even angrier than maybe they were on on Saturday immediately after the game. 
you know, Harbaugh on Monday all but guaranteed there will be criminal charges as a result of this. Um, and yeah, you know, we already talked about this, but still, like, what do you what do you guys have to add now that we've heard Harbaugh and the players talk about it? The suspensions have been handed out. Uh, the ABC tunnel cam is out, which wasn't before, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. What do you make of things from kind of Michigan side of this? Uh, well, before I guess before we get into Michigan side, I just will say I think Michigan State's handled this relatively well so far. Uh, they were proactive Sunday night in, in suspending four four names. Um, I, I think at one point when we rewatched the video, there was one name that was obvious that they hadn't suspended. It was Jacoby Winman. He has since been suspended, along with three additional names Tuesday night. So, as you mentioned, State's suspended eight. I think they've done a good job of kind of getting in front of the situation. Uh, now that being said, it, they have no no the suspensions really have no bearing on criminal charges, and, and those are kind of what we're waiting for from the the, the police investigation. Um, but yeah, I mean Michigan's still I think dealing with it. I think they're still trying trying to get past this. Um, in fact, one of the Michigan players on, on Tuesday night made made mention that Jim Harbaugh finally got to practice on Tuesday and kind of um, declared the team that we've got to move forward, we've got to move past this, even while everyone's talking about it. Um, you know, we spent the bulk of Monday and Tuesday in interviews asking about it. And the players were openly talking about it. You got to move on. There's a football game to be played Saturday, and you can't let that distract you from what their ultimate goal is. Because remember, I mean, when we get into this maybe later on, but Michigan is only number five in the playoff ranking. So right now they're not a surefire playoff team. So they need to win every game they they play right now. Brian, what was your takeaway from from what you heard from the players uh, this week? Well, um, I mean, so the first I heard of it, really, I mean, I kind of parachuted in yesterday on my first day back. So more of just like reading up on what you guys wrote. And 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 I mean, I was listening to a lot of talk radio, sports talk radio over the past few days, too. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's, boy, <laughs> that's, it also reminded me like I might because I've been driving a little bit more. Remind me why I, I don't listen to it as much. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's I think if from Michigan's perspective, you you have to move on. I mean, yeah, I, you feel for your teammates and you hope they're OK. But it, it sounds like it, I mean, they didn't sustain too serious of injuries. And, and now you have a, a lot to play for the rest of the season. So, I mean, you have a whole other year to to deal with the, the off season, you can deal with the mission state stuff and all that kind of thing. But I think you definitely have to move on. And now if you're mission state, I mean, it's just your, your season continues to kind of spiral out of control. Now you're, you have a bunch of players suspended. It's, it's a bad look for the program. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the helmet swinging to me is just, that's just, that's scary stuff. Like when, when you're using those things as weapons, that's that's kind of kind of scary thing to and almost impossible to defend. You we gotta wonder if there's a better way to kind of separate teams after games. And and I know there this hasn't been an issue before in the past, but I mean it's kind of surprising that it hasn't because there's so much free roam after games that it all it takes is one a couple players that are heated after the game to kind of spark something. And sure enough, this, this went down and it was surprising how long it took for any, like even in the videos, it's evident it took a while for anyone to either break it up or security to come in. Like, I feel like there's a better way to handle this stuff. So absolutely shocking in terms of events. And it's kind of funny because I was off on uh, for the game, but like I, 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 I was at my parents' house and they went to some watch party. And I'm like, all right, it's nice. I can watch it at their place alone, focus on the game. And, 
it's kind of interesting because I paid more closer attention to stuff. It's just like I, I told people, yeah, I'm not working it, but people talk about these mission, mission state games for the rest of the year. So it's important that I watch because when I come back, hopefully pretty soon, we're going to still be talking about it. And sure enough, that yeah. thing happens after the game. And I'm glad I was tuned in. And because, yeah, that's it's going to be a talking point up until next year for sure. Yeah, we didn't think we'd still be talking about it in, in this way, but yeah, I mean, I hear you. We can we can talk more about the the tunnel at a different time, but I, I don't know. It reminds me of again the Michigan Wisconsin basketball incident last year, where then it sparked uh, you know kind of outcry about post game handshakes and oh they need a cool down period and why should they be forced to you know acknowledge their competitor and show that sportsmanship immediately after the game? And I was like, well. There hadn't been a problem with it before, and now we're letting this one incident decide that that this shouldn't this is a problem now. So that's kind of how I feel about the tunnel. This was Michigan's six hundredth uh, home game on the nose, and the first five hundred ninety nine didn't have any incident. Uh, so you you kind of wonder. Um, but yeah, turning the page to Rutgers, that's what Michigan will have to do. And uh, I don't know. I don't feel like they need to be at their best to get a win in this game. There. 25 point favorites or something like that. Rutgers is a team that uh, the offense has just been, has been really bad, um, you know, for a good chunk of the season, but you know, especially last week they scored zero points. Um, they turned to a redshirt freshman at quarterback, Gavin Wimsat. Um, you know, he, he had started the second game of the year against Wagner, but this was his first against, you know, an FBS team, a uh, big 10 team, and it didn't go well for him. Uh, you know they've got they've got a six year quarterback as the other option, but he just hasn't been hasn't been very good either. So I just I'm I'm struggling to see how Rutgers uh you know scores enough in this game to to even kind of make it competitive with Michigan. I I hundred percent agree with you, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm expecting a really angry Michigan team to come out Saturday. Not only given what happened Saturday in, against State and. You know, the fact that Jamal Green and Jay McBurl might be on the shelf for a little while with injuries or whatever the case from that, that, that incident. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, they, they were they feel disrespected, I think, after that number five ranking in the playoff on, on Saturday. So or earlier this week. So they I, I think they're going to take their aggressions out on Saturday. I'm expecting them to come out quickly. Um, I'm expecting them to put up points early. We talk about how successful they've been those first drives of games. Um, I expect Michigan to score early and often and put this game away, perhaps by, by halftime. I, I, I see them taking no mercy on Rutgers. You know, I, I think they're going to try and blow the, run this up uh, and show that, A, they can, they can get past this tunnel incident, uh, but, but they are, you know, they truly are one of the better teams in the country in the, in the Big Ten. Now, what did Rutgers do to deserve that? They don't deserve to, for the score to be run up Tiny on them man, like that. Timing. Come on, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it is going to be a blow. I mean, Rutgers has been pretty underwhelming this year and, and with an inexperienced quarterback and anemic offense. It's like, oof, yeah, I mean, I mean, you might be able to, uh, if it's a nice day, get some uh, last last minute yard work done before uh, before the snow starts to hit soon at halftime because, yeah, I think it will probably be, uh, I, haven't, I haven't thought about my official prediction yet, but it's, it's going to be a, a lopsided Michigan victory for sure. These rankings are important in that it kind of does set a tone for uh, what could happen if Michigan were to lose, you know, the Ohio State game or the Big Ten championship. Uh, because we all know if they win those games, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess then we're just talking about what seed they are, but they're in. But it is conceivable that the Big Ten could get 
two teams in or that the team or that Michigan, just from their perspective, could lose one of those two games and still get in. But being right here at number five in the initial one is is not ideal. Now, the committee said the margins were pretty slim between Michigan and Ohio State, and Ohio State's a second-ranked team. So there's probably enough wiggle room that, you know, they could they could move them up, you know, just the win over Illinois could be enough to to get Michigan, um, you know, kind of in the driver's seat in that regard. But I did find it interesting. I, I'm not sure exactly how, you know, you're ranking teams right now and your AP poll, Aaron, um, you know, Tennessee to me, I, I certainly get them at, at one, but those other teams, it's, it's really, it's really tough, uh, you know, to kind of separate, um, you know, distinguish <laughs> among those teams. Um, but you got to imagine that as the committee chair said, Michigan's non-conference schedule did not help. No, it, it, clearly it didn't. I was, I mean, I was most surprised by the, the playoff poll earlier this week with Clemson at, I mean, excuse me, at Georgia being at three. I mean, here's, yes, they haven't really played anyone. They don't really, maybe don't have those signatures, signature wins yet, but you have the defending national champions. Anyway, you could say I'm not getting a ton of respect. Uh, Tennessee does have the resume. You know, I think the last couple of weeks, I've really, ever since the winner of Alabama, I've wrestled with, Tennessee and Georgia at one and two. So I have no qualms with Tennessee being at one. Um, the strength of schedule is really good. They've got some quality wins. Um, but the fact that Georgia's down below Ohio State surprised me a bit. Um, Ohio State and Michigan's resume are, are relatively close. I give the I do give the edge Ohio State because I did I do think they played a little bit tougher non-conference schedule. Um, and they did, you know, they, it was a decent win at Penn State too. Now Michigan obviously had the more decisive win over Penn State, but it did come at home. Um, but you're right, Michigan State's or excuse me, Michigan's non-conference schedule really hurt them. Uh, it was something uh, CFP Vice Chair Boot Oregon uh, talked about uh, Tuesday night, and I asked him point blank, you know, what what is it about Michigan that's kind of keeping them out? And he said they they just they're, they're not really impressed with their with their non-conference schedule, or you know, it was something we talked about ad nauseum. I feel like before the season started, uh, the, the quality opponent just wasn't there. Um, and I think that the presumption coming in and it has been for the last couple of years was non-conference doesn't really matter as long as you win games that's what's getting you in the playoff and now we're starting to see the committee and again this this varies year by year and there are some, i think four different committee members this year um they value different things and it seems like they're starting to slowly value the quality of the non-conference schedule so right now michigan's in the outside looking in surely that doesn't mean that they're going to be excluded but i, I do think they need to run the table at this point because if you look at the rest of their schedule you know rutgers nebraska um, Illinois is a decent, a decent opponent. And then Ohio State at the end of the year, uh, there, there aren't too many quality signature wins left for them. Uh, so they, they've got to, I think at this point, run the table. Um, otherwise, you're going to need a lot of stuff to happen in front of you to try and get two Big Ten teams in. And right now, it surely doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. But I am still a little bit surprised that, that Clemson kind of checked in at number four. I know they might have played a little bit of a tougher schedule, but I mean, man, the the, uh, the times I've watched Clemson this year, it's like they've they have haven't really impressed me much. I mean, the game against Syracuse, they needed to come uh, come back late in there. Didn't dominate. Uh, I mean, Florida State hung with them tough. NC State was with them for a while. I mean, that Wake Forest Clemson game went into double overtime. So it's like, I feel like Clemson's just doing enough to, to remain undefeated, but it's not like they've, it's previous Clemson teams where they've looked uh, being teams convincingly. And, and it's not like the ACC is, is very good either. So 
Um, yeah, that and the fact that, I mean, why is TCU right? I mean, TCU schedule has been tougher than Clemson and Michigan's. I know they don't have the track records as, as Michigan or Clemson, but like at least put them ahead of Alabama who, who, who has a loss and has, hasn't looked Alabama like so far this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I, I don't think any of these teams, some of these teams might not go undefeated, but yeah, for as far as Michigan's schedule, unless they lose to Ohio State in, uh, in like overtime or a close game, and um, yeah, and and then maybe Illinois hangs tough with with Ohio State too after Michigan beats them. I mean, and they need some help, but yeah, it's not looking good for two Big Ten teams just with how many teams are still undefeated. And I mean, there's I think there's been I mean even like the Pac-12, Oregon and USC maybe have have looked better than than expected. So Ole Miss could possibly control their own destiny. So UCLA seven and one. So there's just like there's a lot of teams out there still in the mix that that could uh, potentially have stronger resumes, one loss resumes than Michigan. You're right. You mentioned so many teams because there's still there's still a lot of games left. I mean, yeah. I would have had I would have had Georgia ahead of Ohio State for sure at number two. But yeah, I would have had Clemson behind all those teams plus Michigan plus Alabama uh, and, and maybe even TCU. I'd have Clemson probably down there at the six or seven. So I don't I don't quite understand that. But uh yeah, Michigan's strength of schedule. I wonder how much is like, it's almost like you should reward the team for trying to play a good team. So I wonder if Ohio State gets more credit for playing Notre Dame than they should, even though Notre Dame's not all that good. But in the end, it's probably just how good those teams actually are. And in Michigan's case, we thought it was a bad schedule coming in, and it pretty much has been. I mean, Hawaii and Colorado State has been just as bad, if not worse than expected. Connecticut has maybe been a little bit better, but not enough to to offset any of that stuff. But but again, there, there's enough games, you know, Tennessee plays Georgia this weekend and, the, you know, that winner would have the inside track to, to get to the SEC championship, but they'd still have have that game to potentially take another loss. Clemson's playing, you know, uh, at Notre Dame this mm-hmm. weekend, which, you know, sad to say, but it probably is their toughest game left, um, you know, not to mention some of those, those teams in the Big 12 and, and out West. So there's plenty of games still, um, you know, to, to shake out here, but it's certainly the initial ranking suggests you know, Michigan has to, has to win out, but I mean, that's, that was their plan anyway. Right. So maybe, maybe not such a huge deal when all is said and done. Yeah. And if there's one bit of positivity, maybe Michigan fans can take from the rankings is that, you know, if you go back to this point last year, the first set of CFP rankings, Michigan actually started seventh. Uh, so they are a little bit higher this year. Um, but again, they've, they've got, as I mentioned, they've got to win out. They've got to, they they control their own destiny destiny they they can't afford to lose uh and that and that ultimately means beating ohio state at the end of the year which i'm sure all the fans will will take so uh i don't know we've been talking about it for weeks now i think it's ultimately going to come down to that that regular season finale in in columbus um should set up for a nice game and i, I don't see ohio state losing here here on out either so we very much i think you wrote it earlier this week andrew but i think both teams are really very much um, on the collision course for uh, to determine the uh, you know the I guess the Big Ten uh, probably the Big Ten champion uh, at the end of the end of the month. Right. When you're in a major conference like this, you could say like like you said the the non conference doesn't matter too much. But then when the Big Ten is a little bit down like it is this year, that that's when you're hurt even more. So maybe it's more about the Big Ten than it's Michigan's non conference because you know Iowa is worse than expected and you know Penn State has kind of fallen off a bit here. Michigan State's terrible so. In the end, you know, Michigan will have that 
that went over a ranked Penn State team, and then they get Illinois and Ohio State at, at the end of the year. But so far, they've only got that that one game on their schedule that really stands out as a as a signature victory. And you know that's not their fault, but that that's where we're at. I think I think all of this will matter more than non conference and being able to absorb losses when this playoff expands. Because right now it is they just take the best, they take the undefeated teams, and then they sometimes we're fighting over who that you know fourth team is or whatever. But um, you know when expand when it expands, you know you'll have teams that you know have a loss or two, and then I think it's the 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 ones that you know will be rewarded are those that you know took took a risk in the non conference. Right now, maybe there's not there's not too much. Uh, uh, it's not really worth it to go out and and, and play someone good and, and take a loss. Um, all right, so yeah, that Michigan kickoff is seven thirty uh, in uh, in Piscataway, the birthplace of college football, um, on Saturday night. Big Ten Network, Michigan again, only play at noon and uh, at night this year. We'll see if they get a three thirty game with this Nebraska Illinois game. We we won't learn the kick of of those till uh, till Monday. It seems like, um, and yeah, as as we teased in the intro. Um, you know the the basketball season is is upon us. Uh, the Michigan men play tomorrow night, Friday night, in an exhibition against uh, Division Two Ferris State, uh, and then the regular season opens for them uh, Monday night. Um, you know, at home as well against uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, so you know, not the most intriguing matchups to start the year, but um, you know, a week from tomorrow they play Eastern Michigan in Detroit, uh, Monty Bates. So that could be exciting, and then. Uh, the week after that, they go to Brooklyn for a tournament, um, and Virginia, Kentucky, and North Carolina are all on the non-conference schedule. So a lot of good games before the new year for Michigan. Um, the women is Amani Bates back yeah. with the program. Yeah, he played oh, in their back. exhibition oh, game and right. uh, had a huge game. So huh. uh, right. yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. In- interesting, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be, be very interesting to see how you know relevant that program can become because it's not just him. They got some other you know kind of former top recruits uh in the state um you know who who have played with Bates in the past uh the women play an exhibition game uh Saturday afternoon against Damon D A E M E N I don't I don't know what what that is uh but then their regular season opener is the next Wednesday against Delaware State their non-conference isn't as uh as exciting really no good home games uh, on the slate, they also play North Carolina. They play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but no, neither of those games are at Chrysler. Uh, but you know, should be plenty of good action in the Big Ten. They have six six teams ranked on the women's side, uh, the most in, most of any conference in the country in the preseason poll. So uh, you'll get your money's worth, uh, you know, come Big Ten play. But um, you know, I've had previews. We'll continue to have previews of of both of those teams. Um, you know, coming up here. Um, but yeah, should be. Should be a fun season on the men's side. Hunter Dickinson's the only starter back. Um, so it'll be, it, it's, it's a lot of new pieces. Um, you know, nine of the 16 players on the roster uh, were not with the program last season. So, um, you know, you're going to see freshmen out there. You're going to see a couple transfers out there. Um, and uh, the quote that sticks with me from Hunter Dickinson this offseason is that he thinks the pieces fit better than they did last year. He acknowledged they probably had more talent last year. You know, two guys picked... Uh, in the NBA draft, one and done, you know, talents, but he just thinks they, they fit a little bit better this year, guys, you know, playing for each other a little bit more and you can, you know, you can poo poo that if you want, but I, I think it matters. I think, you know, I think it really does matter, um, you know, in college sports, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we'll see how it, how it, um, 
you know, translates to to success on the court. Sounds like the uh, a little bit like the Michigan defense, right? Yeah, there you go. You know, out to prove, you know, prove people wrong after you know losing the the big stars. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then Zook's back. We can't have Zook back and not have him throw. A, oh, by the way, you got a hockey update for us? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to to cover any of the games yet this year, which has kind of been. Difficult for me, but yeah, I spoke with head coach Brandon Arado today on, on Thursday and kind of got his thoughts heading into Big Ten play. Absolutely great start for for the Wolverines. They've risen to number one in the country in the in the national polls, um, which I mean, given all the offseason drama and the changes and losing a bunch of draft picks is pretty remarkable. They have the highest scoring offense in the country. Um, Adam Fantilli, the, the star freshman, has been is better than advertised. I mean, he leads the country with 18 points in eight games, uh, making a, a case for to potentially be the number one overall draft pick next year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, Nerado came into this year with uh, with an interim tag, but if, if they continue to keep this up, I mean, they're seven and one right now, coming off a sweep over a very good Western Michigan team. Uh, he could be uh, he could be named maybe head coach midseason if, if this continues. They've also landed some recruits here in recent days too. So, and maybe behind the scenes that their their uh, players are getting a sense that hey maybe this is the guy of the future because um, I mean he's very young and, and so far they've been very successful. So open open uh, big time play against Penn State, who's been very surprising this year. Eight and zero really weren't projected to do much in the big 10 but they're the second highest scoring team so far nationally so uh, quite the way to open conference play and it's on the road at padula arena um in uh, at penn state which is a, a tough barn to play in so um should be uh, an interesting couple good barometer to gauge how how michigan really is against this penn state team it's interesting i don't remember the last time we talked hockey on this podcast and if we've said this before and it's some, certainly something we can address much further down the road but just interesting to me with with the timing of of when they finally let Pearson go and then you know kind of forcing their own hand backing themselves into a corner to to name you know Narado the interim coach it's like if if they if they somehow like win the national championship yeah you of course keep them and if they're terrible you know it's easy to let them go but if they're somewhere in between which probably is where they're going to be I mean based on this start they'll be they'll be good at least what do you do? I mean, you almost like kind of again, don't have to keep him. And it seems like it just seems like he's he's certainly young and inexperienced to have the to be the head coach of the Michigan hockey program. But they're just they've kind of put themselves in a in a tough spot where you know if they if they have a good season, how do you not how do you not give the guy the job? But maybe it maybe that's okay and maybe that it works out for him. And I don't expect you have an answer to this right now, Zook, But this is something I've been thinking about, given just the timing of 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 how it all went down with Pearson. Yeah, no, th- those are very good points. But I mean, I think especially in the college game that that their our programs are going younger with with their head mm-hmm. coaching hires. I mean, I think you're seeing that even at the pro level in some instances. Uh, I don't know if it's because they can relate more or they have new ideas, more analytics based. I know Narado has been huge into analytics um, even before he got to Michigan in, in player development, which is is really important. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's not that I know Denver's coach last year was was very young and and led his team to a national championship. So I, I don't think age should be I mean, experience is definitely important, but I don't think age is it should be the kind of the de, de facto. Uh, I'm, it shouldn't be the one 
biggest aspect to, to kind of gauge someone. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's still early in the season. Uh, Big Ten play hasn't even started yet, but uh, at this point, you got to like what, what you see from him. And and we'll see if, yeah, if they face some adversity and, and can't get out of a hole later on in the year, then maybe you have a different conversation. So it is too early to, um, to make any um, declaration on his future, but I, I, it, it has been a, a very surprising and, and solid start for for the Wolverines. As the old man on the podcast, it's my job to highlight, you know, the importance of experience. Although McMahon's <laughs> getting up there now too, we just learned. So maybe he'll be he'll be joining me as well on my lawn. But uh all right, we have hockey, basketball, and football. It feels like a, a full episode of Wolverine Confidential Podcast for the first time in a while. So continue to look for coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.